Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Section 57 of Stratagems and Conspiracies to Defraud Life Insurance Companies. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Stratagems and Conspiracies to Defraud Life Insurance Companies An Authentic Record of Remarkable Cases by John B. Lewis and Charles C. Bombaugh Homicide, Part 34, The Professor West Infamy in Dover, the capital of Delaware, a certain professor, Isaac C. West, Jr., was pretending to experiment with the mysterious gas, one peculiar property of which was that it would cause the removal of the color from the skin. He took care to spread abroad a report that the gas was highly inflammable and explosive, and that in conducting his experiments he was obliged to exercise great care to prevent dangerous results. One day in December 1872, there was a loud explosion in the professor's laboratory, followed by an alarm of fire. Successful efforts were made for extinguishing the fire, after which some of the citizens who entered the building encountered a ghastly sight. In a charred dry goods box lay the mutilated remains of a man's body without head, hands, or feet. By the charitably inclined, it was at first supposed that the professor had been killed and blown to fragments by an explosion of a retort of the destructive gas. Closer examination revealed evidences that the missing head, hands, and feet had been cut and not blown from the body. Underneath the floor, where the body lay, was discovered a quantity of gunpowder sufficient to have blown the body to atoms if the flames had reached it. These facts, conjoined with other circumstances, and noticeably the disappearance of a well-known colored man named Henry Turner, who had frequently assisted West in his work, eventually aroused grave suspicions of foul play. These suspicions were strengthened when it was discovered that West's life had been insured to the amount of $25,000 his neighbors immediately concluding that he had killed Turner and mutilated the body beyond recognition, as he thought, in the hope that the insurance companies would pay his supposed widow the amounts for which he was insured. It was then determined to watch his communications with his wife and to note carefully her movements, 
their object evidently being to effect a settlement with the companies and then to retire to some distant locality to enjoy their ill-gotten wealth. After a singularly fruitless attempt at flight, West surprised everybody by unexpectedly returning to Dover and voluntarily delivering himself to the sheriff. He confessed that he had killed Turner, but urged that it was in self-defense, and he also revealed the whereabouts of the head, hands, and feet which he had secretly buried. After a brief search of the various portions of the dead body, including the integument of which it had been denoted, were found. A coroner's jury was impaneled at once, before which the prisoner appeared. The attorney general said to West that it was useless to state the nature of the charge that had been brought against him, and if he had any statement to make of his own free will, the jury would be glad to hear it. West thereupon, after a great deal of effort to control his almost overpowering emotion, proceeded to make a detailed confession of his bloody work as follows. My name is Isaac C. West, Jr. My age is 30 years. I was born in Sussex County, but had lived in Dover and vicinity for three years. I don't claim to be a physician. My business is to administer gas for the treatment of disease. The killing took place on Monday night, December 2nd. On Monday morning, I was taking a bucket of water to my office, but don't remember the exact time. Turner came along about this time and said, Boss, I'll carry that up for you. I told him I would carry it myself, but had some work for him, if he would do it. He said he would, and wanted to know what it was. I told him I had a large box at Captain Battles. He said he couldn't carry it then, that he was cutting up meat for Mrs. Mullen, but that he would attend to it sometime in the afternoon. I went to Mrs. Mullins about one o'clock on the same day. Some colored men there said that Turner was not there and had not been there, and they didn't know where he was. About three o'clock in the afternoon, I met him on the street, and he said he was ready then to carry the box for me. He got a wheelbarrow of Mr. Collinson and took the box up to my room for me. I took out my pocketbook in my office in Kerbin's building, and paid him 25 cents. He then said, Boss, you seem to be pretty flush. Then he wanted to know if I wouldn't give him money to get a drink. I told him I would if he would go down to the bar next door. He then said that after supper he would come back to bring water to fill my gasometer, and would not charge me anything for that, as I was so good to him. We went down together and into the bar room below, and I paid for Turner's drink at Levy's Bar. This was when the sun was about half an hour high. We came out together and separated as we came out of the door. Turner said, Boss, I'll be on hand in half an hour. I met him again between that time and sunset, near the post office. He said he was ready to take the water up, but I told him I was not ready then to go up to my room. A short time after that, I met Turner near Hoffaker and Stewart's store on the corner, talking to a colored man. I passed him and went on up to my office. I had just got there and unlocked the door when he came up. I went on upstairs ahead of him 
and unlocked the room door upstairs and went in ahead. I had taken my gas to pieces that day, intending to fasten a small sledgehammer to the weights. The sledgehammer was lying just inside of the door. The other weights were over in the corner, about eight feet farther on. One of the weights was a bolt or a piece of an iron axle. It was about two feet long and an inch and a quarter in diameter. I had just gone over to where this bolt was lying when I turned and saw Turner with the sledgehammer in his hand in a threatening attitude. When he found that I saw he was coming, he said, Give me your pocketbook or I'll kill you. I then snatched up a bolt or a piece of axle, and just as I did so, he struck at me with the sledgehammer, the blow falling on my hat and denting the crown. But it did not touch my head, as I was stooping over. I then struck at him with the bolt or axle, intending to strike him on the head. But I missed his head and struck him on the neck below the ear. He fell, and I don't think he ever kicked afterwards. This was just after sunset. He fell over on his side. I then felt him and examined his pulse and found he was dead. I did not intend to kill him, but only intended to knock him down, so that he could not kill me. After a long pause, the prisoner continued. I then left the body lying there and came up to Fountain's Hotel and got my supper and didn't go back any more that evening. But I went back Tuesday morning, about 10 or 11 o'clock. I then thought I would cut Turner in pieces and bury him. So I cut off his head, hands, and feet with my penknife. Knife here shown had four blades and was identified by the prisoner as the one with which he did the cutting. I cut off his head and feet with the penknife and skinned the body. That is the knife, pointing to it, which lies on the table. I broke one of the blades cutting the bones. I broke several of the bones with the piece of axle. This was not all done before dinner. I don't know how much I did do before dinner. I went to dinner that day, but do not know the exact time. Do not remember positively whether I was back at my office after dinner or not. In the afternoon, I got a horse and carriage of Mr. Fountain and went out to Hazlitville, my home, and came back in the evening thinking to take the remains away and bury them. I got back about six o'clock that evening and brought down the skin of Turner from my office in a water bucket, which was about half covered with a piece of paper. The horse smelled it and would not let me take it, so I set it down just inside of the outer door and locked the door. I then brought the horse and carriage to the stable and went up to the hotel and warmed myself. I then thought I would carry the remains in a bucket and bury them. I went back to my office about eight o'clock and took the bucket, which had the skin in it, and started out on the street with it. I found the ground was frozen and that I had nothing to dig a hole with. So I turned and brought it back to my room again. I remained in my room planning what to do and then concluded I would tear a large box I had to pieces and make a box that would hold the remains for the purpose of shipping them on the Delaware Railroad to some point, and then follow and bury them. I found it was getting late, and I could not stay any later that night. About eleven o'clock I returned to the hotel and went to bed. This was Tuesday. My foot was hurting me on Wednesday, and I didn't go back to... 
With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.